Get ready. They're coming for Bella. I'm not gonna touch her. On November 18th, every moment, every battle has led to this. They have something I want. Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1, rated PG-13, November 18th. Tickets available now online. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, podcast 358 for November 20th, 2011. And that was a uh, TV spot for the new movie out, the Twilight uh, of the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. All these movies... Uh, you know, seem to not be able to get it done in one movie. So this is in two parts. Uh, it is the latest in the the Twilight series. You know, the vampires, Robert Pattinson, and all the 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 you know Team Jacob or or, or what's the other guy's name? I can't even remember right now. Uh, but um, anyway, I, believe it or not, though, I've seen the other movies in the series, and they're not that bad, really. I they're kind of enjoyable in their own way. So uh, I'm kind of thinking about going to see this one. I guess the second part won't be out until a year from now. Uh, next November, I think, is when it's targeted. So, um, but, uh, you know, they, they have some cool action and stuff like that. But that's not the main topic, as I like to start many a show with something just uh, a current thing, current movie or TV show that's going on. I, I tend to like to do that. But uh, what we are going to talk about, kind of have a normal-ish uh, Treks in Sci-Fi today, uh, we're going to be looking at an Enterprise episode from Season 2 called The Seventh. This is probably a little lesser-known Enterprise episode, especially being from Season 2. I'd say Season 2 of Enterprise is probably maybe the, the not the best of the seasons. Uh, it started out at the first season, had some interesting things, and then it kind of dipped a little bit, I think, in Season 2. And then Season 3 with the story-long, or the, sorry, season-long story arc of the Zindi, uh, was great. I enjoyed that. And then season four had some really cool little arcs of, of two, three episodes and some other individual ones that were very cool to see as well. And Manny Cotto was on, who is a big Trek fan in season four. So, But season two, is it's it's maybe not the best of the Enterprise seasons, but this episode I think is interesting. It's kind of a T'Pol kind of heavy episode and things going on uh, that she has to deal with from her past and, and that. But I'm going to play that episode and comment as I watch it uh, while uh, uh, I like to do that now and then. I'm going to talk about some other things, some news and track and other stuff. There's some uh, some pretty cool reports coming out now, finally, for the next movie in, in Star Trek uh, whatever history i almost said history that wouldn't make sense right but in the future of trek uh, and we'll talk about that and much more on treks in sci-fi Set a course for Earth. Maximum war. I'm Captain Kirk. At ease before you sprain something. All six track and geek related movies deeply killed traffic and war. This mission would have failed without your help. I won't be speaking. Captain Abbasi is yet 
not with you. We're not done with the Cardassians yet. Not with the strategic importance of that world. And how do you Alright, I'm back. Let's uh, get this party started. <laughs> it's Sunday morning. I actually got a pretty good sleep last night, so I feel pretty rested. But, uh, you know, the usual getting rolling on the podcast uh, thing. Oh, it's Team Jacob and Team Edward. Jacob, the werewolf guy, and Edward is the vampire in the Twilight Saga. You know, the, I was interesting. I was reading in the Entertainment Weekly the other day. There was an editorial kind of commentary uh, in there by a guy who has actually you know, said that uh, he's read the books in the Twilight series, and uh, he's enjoyed them. I haven't read the books yet. I've just seen the films, which is a, l- a little unusual for me. I'm a little bit more of a, a book reader of, of when, when a book series is pretty popular, like Harry Potter and, and other things. Like there's the new uh, Hunger Games, speaking of that, uh, a series of three books there. There's a new trailer out for that movie. It's coming out in March uh, in, a, in a, you know about five months, I guess, four or five months. And the trailer looks good. Um, uh, Lynn, my wife, has read all three books. She enjoyed them a lot, and I want to read those before I see it. Same thing with um, the uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I read that book before this new American version of the movie is coming out, which is looking really good. So, uh, not exactly a sci-fi story that one, but some of these other things. But anyway, back to yeah, Breaking Dawn stuff is a little unusual that I haven't read those. Instead of uh, watching the films, uh, mostly because of, you know, some of the mixed things a little bit that I heard, even though I try to form my own opinion. But uh, I think the movies are not that bad. So maybe I'll get around to reading the book sometime. But, uh, you know, he had said in this article in Entertainment Weekly how he thought that the books were, you know, a lot better than he had expected them to be. They're not just for teenage girls and all that talk. So uh, and I've heard that from other people, too. Especially as the books go on, they get a little bit more in depth, uh, a little bit more complex, and things. So uh, I can see the appeal of these. There's certainly a lot of vampire <laughs> type stuff on the air these days, and you know, in books, movies, lots of books, lots of TV movies, and so forth. Uh, I still enjoy the Vampire Diaries. Uh, it's been pretty cool this season. Some interesting things going on. They're really trying to shake things up. And uh, I'm enjoying that show. And speaking of television, what else? Let's give a little rundown of what I've been enjoying. Uh, I'm really enjoying the new uh, series, both Once Upon a Time and Grimm. Both of those are are fantasy-type stories. And uh, the Once Upon a Time, the Sunday night uh, ABC drama, is certainly a little bit more light. And, uh, you know, there's still some darkness in there. But it's it's, uh, being uh, commented and touted these days that it's one of the rare dramas that's been on TV in recent times that it seems like the whole families are watching and enjoying. And the fact that I think it's on its Sunday night uh, at 8 o'clock is, is a good benefit for that, 8 o'clock at least in my time zone. And I don't know, that'll be 7 uh, Central and then 8 in other areas of the U.S. But uh, Sunday nights are, are kind of the TV night, you know, the big TV night. Uh, so having that on that night I think has been a benefit. Grimm is on Friday nights. That's much more dark. It is about a police detective who's the last in the line of these Grimms who can see all these sort of uh, mystical and fantasy creatures living amongst us. Most of them, it seems, are bad. <laughs> he has one kind of buddy guy 
uh, who's who's uh, a wolf uh, type creature, and it, he's kind of friends with him. But most of them that he runs into, I'd like it to, him to run into maybe a few more that aren't so bad. I I, I don't think they've done that enough. I don't know. Um, but uh, it, the show is is both of those shows are, are pretty good. I, I'm enjoying both of them. I think Grimm is. They've got this overall other arc thing going on in the background of that show too, which we'll see. I think that's going to be a. Uh, depending on how that works out, I think that could really make or break the show a little bit. Uh, we'll see what happens there. So, uh, But both of them are cool. I, I like them, and uh, fantasy seems to be in. There's a couple of Snow White movies, I think, coming uh, in the future. Uh, what else as far as TV, sci-fi, and fantasy? I'm really enjoying Sanctuary now that that's back on Fridays uh, with Amanda Tapping. I love that show over the years. A lot of fun, uh, and I, I still uh, enjoy watching that. We also have, of course, Terra Nova, which has gotten pretty mixed reviews, both from people online and the guys on the forum talking about it and other people. And I'm, I'm pretty much in the middle on that show as well. I, I think they've really kind of squandered a potentially very cool and interesting series. And I know that some of this was intentional, the kind of drama that they've been using on the show. Uh, however, I don't think everyone was really expecting that. When they advertise a show as being, you know, hey, hey th- this uh, group of people from the future where the Earth is dying is going back 65 million years to the age of the dinosaurs and trying to survive and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and, you know, one week it turns into sort of a police detective drama show. And, and you know, there's there's another week where, you know, the, the kid has to steal something in order for him to get something else done. I don't want to give too much away, but it's... It's just weak. I, I just find it kind of weak. It's not terrible. It could be better. Uh, and there's an other stuff going on that they're alluding to involving the uh, the guy who's the leader of the, the compound, uh, his son, and these Sixers, these uh, sort of rebel group that live out there. But I have a feeling with only 13 episodes filmed and they're all, that's all they're going to do for this season, I have a feeling they've they haven't gotten into that aspect of the show enough to keep uh, people really all that intrigued. So uh, I still expect this to only get the one season. It's, um, you know, it's too bad. A lot of money went into it. It's a a pretty cool looking show, pretty nice production. But uh, although there's sometimes where the effects I think could be better considering the kind of money I'm hearing that they uh, spent on this series. Uh, And what else? I think that covers it. I'm still enjoying, of course, Big Bang Theory. Fringe is great. Oh, Fringe on Friday nights. Got to be watching Fringe if you're not. Uh, uh, Great season so far. I haven't watched just this past Friday's episode yet, but I will later today. Uh, But that is a very good show. Yeah, Friday night's got just a ton. Oh, Chuck is back, of course. And and that show is just always consistently fun and and, and cool to watch. And I I did watch the most recent episode. Some some pretty uh, interesting things happened. And again, I can't say much. I don't like to spoil it for very new recent things for people. But uh, lots of cool stuff on. My TiVo gets a good workout each week. So uh, With that, I'm going to take a short break. I'll come back with a little bit of Trek news, and then we're going to get into the Enterprise episode, the 7th. Hi, this is Mark Christopher Lawrence, also known as Big Mike on NBC's Chuck. Uh, Just wanted to give a big shout-out to the sci-fi listeners. Holla at me. Thank you. All right, uh, Trek news. But just one last thing before that. I did go to see last weekend. I went to see the the new movie out, Immortals, or The Immortals. Is it The Immortals? I think it's The Immortals, or maybe it's just Immortals. It doesn't really matter. 
it was an okay movie. Uh, very obviously amazing effects and action, but Henry Cavill, uh, who's going to be playing uh, Superman slash Clark Kent in the new Superman movie that's due out not until the summer of 2013. Yes, a year and a half plus away on that. That uh, that guy was pretty good. I mean, he certainly will be a, uh, a formidable-looking Superman as far as his build and look. I think he's even more beefed up in the Superman film from the pictures I've seen versus Immortals, where he's he's certainly buff, but he's you know he's more lean and he couldn't be quite as big, I think, as he looks in Superman because he, he's kind of a slave and and just. You know, it's not like he gets a good steak every night at dinner. So, anyway, Immortals, the movie, uh, it just it just didn't pull me in very much. I usually, one of the big factors for me with a TV or a movie, uh, in a lot of things, books, any, any kind of entertainment, is you have to sort of feel for the characters, get involved with the story, and, and, and want to see what happens and, and all that, and, you know, sort of identify with someone in the, the story to a degree. But Immortals was just not didn't do that for me. I, I didn't really care that much about the main character, uh, and the overall story was just pretty simplistic, and it, it just, it was not, um, I, I think there needed to be a little bit more interaction between the gods, uh, you know, the Greek gods above, and, and what the, the people living below were. It starts out in a kind of interesting way, where one of them sort of making himself look like one of them to sort of move amongst, you know, them, and and work with Theseus and all these other characters, but it's just, I don't know. Uh, certainly a movie, that I think, it, unless you want to see the effects, they looked good on the big screen, but it's certainly probably a movie you could wait for, uh, you know, DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll see how that all works out. Um, uh, one little story I heard is they're going to make a Munsters uh, movie, uh, not a movie, well, a, a pilot, I think, for television. I think it's only for TV, remaking that. But let's go on to Trek. Uh, the big story that came out of trekmovie.com, I think they they released and, and broke this story this week, uh, came out a few days ago, is that the uh, this is from trusted sources. So, you know, anything could change. But supposedly the start for production on the Star Trek sequel, this is the J.J. Abrams-directed uh, follow-up to his 2009 smash hit movie Star Trek, uh, will uh, start on January 15th, 2012. This is actually over four years and two months after the start of the production of the 2009 movie, which started shooting back way back in November, uh, early November, November 7th, 2007. So I, I certainly think that the crew, when you meet up with them again on the Enterprise, uh, a, a few years will have gone by, at least a couple, I think. Uh, supposedly they've got about a, the third draft of the script done. Uh, they are working on scouting locations. Uh, they're working on casting some of the guest roles. All the original actors who were in the uh, first film will be back. There are no holdouts as far as I know for that. Everyone uh, will be there. And uh, they're saying it's, it's going to be bigger in scope than the 2009 film, which, you know, really when you think about it, uh, to the 2009 film, while it was a great movie and I enjoyed it, the, the, the concept and scope there, I think, was was not, I mean, it was good, but when they say bigger in scope, I could believe that. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they, they can come up with something. I, 
hope and still uh, believe and wish that it won't be Khan, uh, even though Benicio Del Toro, like I, I think I've mentioned before in the podcast, has been, uh, they've been throwing that name around as a possible guest villain uh, role for him in this film. Uh, they're scouting locations perhaps in Hawaii for a jungle planet type location. And they've got this other weird little cryptic thing here that says they're, they're shooting also in a museum in Los Angeles that's standing in for what a source says is a famous Star Trek location. Now, I don't really understand. I, I, I racked my brain this, this week for, you know, what's a famous Star Trek location? Starfleet headquarters? Why would a museum look, you know, for that? And what would be that would be famous about that i don't know that i'm really having a hard time understanding that situation because star trek was basically either on a planet somewhere or on the enterprise you know basically or you know when deep space nine it was on deep space nine or voyager was on voyager but on a ship somewhere or a station uh famous locations beyond that it isn't like they had this little place they'd always go to and visit, you know, the Hotel Starfleet or something. You know, I, I, I'm i really having trouble figuring out what that uh, what that could be. I was thinking of some of the classics, you know, since this is sort of a TOS uh, reboot, I'm trying to think of some of the classic places and things that they did in the original series. I was thinking of things like City on the Edge of Forever, you know, and, and when they went to Vulcan and Amok Time and, and a lot of episodes like that. I So anyway, I can't... Uh, I was really having trouble with that one, so I don't know what that means. But anyway, they're going to start filming. We're about two months away. In January, they should be filming. I think we will know a lot more in the next month or so as things heat up a little bit more on this, so it's good they're going to do that. It's looking very much like this movie won't come out until 2013. I don't believe we're going to get it in a year. I don't believe we're going to get it in a year uh, over the holidays of 2012. You know, Keep in mind, when they first announced this, gosh, a year or two years ago now, uh, a year and a half. It was supposed to come out in the in the end of June 2012. So just next summer, which at least they're starting to film it before that. So if they started to film it in January. You know le- that would be less than a year if they got it out by the next holiday season. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to hold it. I think they'd rather have it a summer movie. Even though 2013 summer has already got a lot of movies in place for it, including that Superman movie that I just mentioned uh, and some other, uh, of course, superhero movies and lots of stuff. So you can read more about this uh, story over at trekmovie.com. They've got some good updates there, uh, usually about the movie and anything else going in the land of Star Trek, things like, um, oh, William Shatner talking about uh, cooking a turkey, frying a turkey in oil for for Thanksgiving. There are uh, some stories here about the TNG uh, remastering that's going on for Blu-ray. There's a new trailer out for shows you a little bit more of that. In January, in another uh, couple of months, we are going to get the first set of uh, four episodes. Well, it's really three episodes, uh, considering the um, we're talking about the first encounter at Farpoint as two and then Sins of the Father and Inner Light are the other ones. Uh, so they're counting Encounter at Farpoint as sort of two episodes because it's a, a, you know, a two-hour premiere, or not quite two hours. I guess one of the things that they discovered is there were a few seconds of missing footage uh, when they went back. I think it's for the Sins of the Father episode. Keep in mind, to do these remasterings, they're going back to the original film negatives and then remastering those for Blu-ray rather than upscaling or whatever. So what they're going to do when they find these points of missing footage, you know, they have to sort of recomposite and re 
create these episodes. If they find a little bit of missing footage, they're going to have to use uh, the best source they have and then upscale that little tiny bit of the episode for Blu-ray. Not a big deal. I'm sure it's not the only episode they're going to find uh, bits missing like that. Uh, you know, somebody chopped, chopped when they were, you know, editing and, and then that little bit of film ended up on the floor somewhere. Who knows? Uh, c- keep in mind that these things were filmed uh, in on regular film when they were made, these episodes for TNG, but then they were converted to video shortly after for airing on, you know, syndication. So that's the situation. But the film itself, the original film, is stored somewhere in you know the vaults of Paramount, and uh, that uh, that has to be dug out for each episode, and then re pick you know pulled up. Uh, I can't talk all of a sudden. They need to you know they'll go through the episode, find this scene, find that scene. It's not like it's all already compiled in one film. They have to they have to basically remaster it, re-edit it together to show them or to put the episode basically back together the way it was when it was compiled for video. And then they take that mastered, new mastered film and or remastered, and then they uh, put that into Blu-ray. Basically, is the way it works. So, uh, the uh, so that is the situation. Uh, we will uh, keep everyone posted on that. I think that's all I really needed to cover um, for Trek this week. Some new comics are out, uh, and some new books. Keep in mind, I am going to be interviewing uh, Mike Martin. Uh, on his uh, recent new book for Star Trek, or that's that interview. I'm actually going to do it next weekend, but we're going to release it for the podcast a week after that. Uh, his book is called The Romulan War to Brave the Storm, out in paperback right now, and I'm almost done with it, so I should be done by the time I interview him. It's a good book. I like it. And uh, next week, though, we're going to be uh, looking at the TV series Roswell is on next week's Treks in Sci-Fi. Oh, one other thing. I wanted to, again, thank uh, Vartok for sitting in last week on Treks in Sci-Fi. He did a fantastic job with that Hans Zimmer a musical uh, you know, tribute and history and information, just chocked full of cool stuff. He does an amazing job, amazing amount of research, and... Uh, uh, I, my hat's off to you, Vartok. If I spent uh, as much time you did on uh, on doing that podcast for each podcast I do each week, I wouldn't be able to work a regular job. <laughs> but I appreciate it, and I know everyone really enjoyed that. So uh, we're looking forward to your next uh, uh, guest spot and next musical selection for that. I know that's the, the area that you really like to cover, it seems, and you do a fantastic job, so I'd stick with it, and we'd love to have another one maybe sometime in early 2012. So with that, one last break here, and then we're going to come right back and start playing and commenting on the 7th from Season 2 of Enterprise. This is Dominic Keating, Malcolm Reed, Lieutenant to you at the Motor City Comic Con. Just wanted to say, uh, keep on listening to Tricks in Sci-Fi. All right, here we go with the seventh from season two. Actually, the seventh episode of season two of Enterprise. We start off with T'Pol looking through a book written in... uh, Vulcan, I think, which is one of the rare times you see Vulcan, you know, text written down. She's now at her computer. Yes? Did I wake you? It's all right. Is something wrong? We've located Manos. 
Where? Less than three days from your present location. Are you certain it's him? Yes. And she seems a little, for a Vulcan, seems a little bothered by this news. Manos. Alright, we'll dial down that uh, great Enterprise theme song. Actually, I like it. Russell Watson, you know. What do you want? Alright, this episode, the 7th, it first aired back on November the 6th, 2002. So about nine years ago? Yeah. This was written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Brandon Braga these days works on Terra Nova. Good job on that, by the way. Oh, no, not really. It's it's okay. This is directed by David Livingston, a, a very regular Star Trek director. One of the reasons I picked this episode to do uh, is I, I, I enjoy learning more about T'Pol and anytime you get some backstory on one of the characters, especially a Vulcan here in the early days of, of Vulcans really in Star Trek history, I think it's pretty cool and pretty interesting. So um, that is one of the reasons. And I wanted to do something from this season, like I said earlier. This, I think, is, is maybe one of the weaker seasons of Enterprise, but I still think this episode is, is pretty interesting. It has, has some uh, cool moments in it, so we will, uh, we will move on. And uh, I'm going to dial up the volume again here. Not that Paul is going in to see uh, Captain Archer. Toast? No, thank you. What Piece of bacon, maybe? Admiral Forrest will be calling you this afternoon, sir. Oh, Willie. <laughs> and how would you know that? I was contacted by the Vulcan High Command last night. They've requested my services regarding a matter of security. And they've already asked Admiral Forrest? He should be contacting you this afternoon. Matter of security? The Admiral will inform you that Enterprise will be asked to alter course to the Pranaya system, where I will need a shuttle pod and a pilot for three to five days. And maybe some extra clothes, some you money. You answer my question. What kind of matter of security? A Vulcan ship will rendezvous with the shuttle pod when my mission is completed. They're sending you to get somebody. Somebody you'll be handing over to the Vulcans. Why you? Admiral Forrest will be contacting you this afternoon. <laughs> it's like talking to the wall. I mean, yeah, she doesn't give up Thanks info. Thanks for being so enlightening. Dismissed. Yeah, now I would say that the T'Pol of like season maybe three to four, definitely by the end of the Enterprise run, would have been probably a lot more forthcoming with uh, Captain as Archer. As I was contacted by Admiral Forrest, who has ordered us to accommodate the Vulcan's request. Did you find the coordinates? For Nye Prime. Yes, sir. Set a course. When we arrive, you'll be piloting the shuttle pod. Where exactly will we be going? Somewhere in the Pranaya system, no doubt. As far as the exact location, Admiral Forrest doesn't even know that. Seems the subcommander's on a highly classified mission. Is this Pranaya Prime inhabited? The Vulcan database says it has a methane-based atmosphere. 
So she's going to another planet in the system. Uh, are we supposed to play some kind of guessing game? No. Yeah. We're supposed to wait at Pernaya Prime for T'Pol and Travis to finish their mission. And do what in the meantime? I could use a few days to recalibrate the torpedo launchers. <laughs> I like Malcolm. Malcolm, I'll he's... all the handles and rails in engineering. He's always so practical, you know. He's just like, well, I'll just, you know, clean up the phase cannons and, cannons and you know, reactors. torpedo tubes. And... It's only for a few days. We've got plenty to keep ourselves busy. Is there anything specific you and Travis are going to need? Guns. Lots of Cold guns. weather gear. Restraints and face pistols. Oh, okie dokie. <laughs> it's like. Come in! Now, Captain uh, Archer is watching, uh, I think it's soccer and bouncing a ball. Match I'm watching, or water polo, that's right. Another. Why did I say soccer? Your orders to bring me to Pernaya came from Starfleet, not the High Command. I like Archer's attitude, very much like I would be acting in this situation. I have a personal matter I'd like to discuss. <laughs> she blocks his view of the water polo game on his monitor. And she's uh, now she wants to ask him something, so... Before I joined the Science Directorate, I was assigned to the Ministry of Security. I was trained in reconnaissance and retrieval. Move over, Porthos. Let the lady sit down. Sounds like this is going to be good. Come on, sit down. How long ago are we talking about? I completed my training 17 years ago. Go ahead. Are you familiar with a planet called Agaron? They're close allies with the Vulcans, right? Not always. Agaron was a very corrupt world. When their leaders were first trying to forge an alliance with Vulcan, they asked for our assistance. That was nearly 30 years ago. Hundreds of our agents were surgically altered and sent to infiltrate the most criminal factions of Agaron society. Eventually, they were instrumental in the overthrow of those factions. You're not gonna tell me you're one of those agents. I'm not that old, Captain. After the alliance was formalized, <laughs> The Vulcan agents were recalled. They all returned voluntarily, all but 19. Yeah, not all of them went I guess even Vulcans back. can fall prey to temptation. The Ministry of Security sent a team of newly trained operatives to retrieve them. I was only able to apprehend five of the six fugitives assigned to me. So tomorrow, you get to pick up number six. Why couldn't someone else do it? Why you? The Ministry considers it a matter of honor. How very Vulcan. So, why have you decided to tell me all this? I'd like you to come with me. What? The man I'm being sent to apprehend is extremely dangerous. It would be wise for me to have assistance. You said there's a Vulcan ship coming. I'm sure they can provide all the assistance you'll need. I'd prefer it if you'd come with me, Captain. Why? I need to be with someone I can trust. If you don't wish to help me, I understand. 
And that's a big, uh, a big step for T'Pol there, obviously, you know, to, to say she prefers him over even other Vulcans. I think it's a, a critical uh, point in her... What's his name? You know, time on Enterprise. The man we're going to apprehend. We. <laughs> May knows. See you in the morning. Almost thought she was going to say thank you at that point, but, uh... If you agreed to go with her, you must know something about what she's up to. We'll be back in three to five days, Trip. If that Vulcan ship comes snooping around, the last thing you want to tell them is that I'm with T'Pol. Why's that? Why would you being with her be a problem to them? Three to five days, Trip. Come on, Captain. Last night you were just as frustrated as I was about having to sit on your hands while she goes off and does whatever it is she's going off to do. This isn't just a case of curiosity, but what if you get hurt, kidnapped? You put me in charge of the ship, you won't tell me where you're going? How am I supposed to be a good temporary captain if I don't know where my people are? Tell me that. She's got some unfinished business trip. I'm not sure why, but she needs me to go along. We'll be okay. There are a lot of definitions of unfinished business. Could you be a little more specific? You're in charge, Commander. Have you given Travis the coordinates? Yes. Have fun. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I can understand her. You know, he's kind of respecting to Paul's wishes Before in this he was case, sent to but Agron, the dorsal lobes of his ears were surgically altered. The ridge on his forehead was added sometime afterward. Why didn't he want to come home? He was assigned to infiltrate a cell of smugglers. He learned their craft. The, uh, he became very proficient at it. Amassed a large fortune. Smuggling what? Synthetic biotoxins used to manufacture transgenic weapons. He's a very bad Vulcan. I spent three months trying to find him. He used his wealth wisely. Whenever I'd get close, I'd find he'd left a day or two before. You never found him? Only once, on Reza. They thought they were invulnerable. They? He. He thought he was invulnerable there. That no one would think to look for him on such a peaceful place. What happened? I got very close. 20 meters. Maybe 10. Now they're flashing back to her chasing him through the jungle. Him. No one did. Not until now. The guy, the actor playing this uh, Minos character, is uh, a well-known actor for sci-fi in general. His name is Bruce Davison. He pops up in a lot of stuff. He was in the X-Men uh, film, the first one. Uh, I think it was the first one. Or was it the second one? But anyway, you'll, you'd recognize him. He's he's done a lot of things over the years. I think it was in the original Willard movie. Now they're in their little cold weather gear, and uh, they're in some kind of like a you know bar market type place. Uh, doesn't look all that friendly. It's Archer to Paul and Travis. Within 30 meters. If he sees to Paul, he may try to get to a ship.
Now, one of the things I was thinking when I, I saw this episode early on was like, maybe it would have been wise for T'Pol to have Dr. Flox like disguise her somehow, you know, in a way before they went down there. Especially since a Vulcan here probably would stand out, I think. Uh, it just, but I think she wanted to keep uh, the whole story, what they were doing, where they were going, a little more secret. So maybe she didn't want to involve Flox and and do that. But and she's bringing Archer and Travis along here, so they can blend in a little bit easier, maybe. These guys playing cards, lots of different uh, species here. And T'Pol just ran into him, basically. He just came up on her from behind, and then some other guys sort of knocked him out of the way. One thing I always liked about Enterprise is they would occasionally go to planets where the, the weather wasn't that great. You know, they'd wear different gear and stuff. Oh, now uh, Archer jumped on a table. This Minos guy is firing at Archer, but he jumped down. So now we're having a little phase fight, or phase pistol fight in this bar place. Couldn't agree more. Archer bumped into this really huge alien, but managed to get around him. Travis has got Minos on the ground and uh, a phase pistol on him. So they got him relatively easy, actually. At least for at this point in the episode. You have no jurisdiction here. Follow me. Yeah, jurisdiction, yeah, it doesn't really matter to us. Come in. Gentlemen, come in. Glad you could join me. Water polo. Very exciting sport. You should learn more about it. Please, sit down. They're at the, uh... I had Chef prepare a special lunch. Bangers and mash for you. And, uh, Denobulin sausage for the doctor. Very nice. Are you sure <laughs> the captain wouldn't have a problem with you using his dining room? Acting captain, Captain Smith. I don't see a problem. Yeah, and, and Tripp's got, uh... You, beer poured for him and Malcolm, too. Enjoy. Thank you. I like this that Tripp's sort of, uh, you know, oh, enjoying... Oh, I detected a lymphatic virus on board this morning. Most likely it sneaked in with one of the uh, deuterium canisters. We should probably inoculate the crew. Why didn't the bioscanners detect it? Well, it's a very reliable device, but it's not perfect. <laughs> the inoculation does have some um, side effects. What kind of side effects? Mm, headache, nausea, diarrhea. But they would subside in a day or two. Do I have your uh, permission? <laughs> I'd hate to be responsible for giving the crew the runs. Maybe you should wait till the captain gets back. I'm afraid the virus will have spread by then. I really need an answer today. Yep. And this is what starts. Why don't I get back to you later, Doc? Being a captain about Not, uh, too much later. Hmm? While we're on the subject of approvals, I promised Captain Archer that I'd recalibrate the torpedo launchers. I'll need to divert computer access from main engineering. That would mean we'd have to power down the warp core. It'd only be for a day. We're not exactly going anywhere. Well, we're also not at war. I'm just not comfortable taking the engines offline right now. Is that the chief engineer talking? Or the acting captain? Let me get back to you. <laughs> He's... 
He's finding that being, uh, you know, in charge isn't maybe Parker. all it's cro we cracked up to be. We were just hailed by the Vulcan ship Neuron, sir. It's approaching the system at high warp. They're asking to speak with Captain Archer. Tell him, uh, the captain's indisposed at the moment. He'll get back to him in a little while. Yes, sir. Uh, the captain said not to tell the Vulcans he went with to Paul. He was, uh, he was very emphatic about that. It's going to be difficult to convince them he's uh, indisposed for the next four days. Go ahead. Captain Tavik says he has a message from Admiral Forrest. He seems very anxious to speak with Captain Archer. What shall I tell him? I'll get back to you. Yeah, so, uh, Tripp's little uh, lunch is, is kind of, uh, you know, not all that uh, going over that well for Your him. warrant is valid, but you won't be able to take it. Not for at least four hours. We've begun thermalizing the landing deck. We just need to get him to our ship. There's a half centimeter of xylothoric acid on that deck. I wouldn't recommend it. Not if you value those pretty feet of yours. Do you have somewhere we can put him until we leave? Does this look like a prison to you? people could be working with him. The Ministry of Security was very clear about that. He works alone. I have it always. <laughs> now they're flashing back again to T'Pol chasing uh, this guy, Minos, through the jungle. And you as well. They wanted to rehabilitate me. Bring me home. Flatten my forehead and repoint my ears. They wanted to teach me to forget the life they had taught me so carefully how to live. They assumed I had become corrupt and that left to my own devices, I would remain corrupt. Three years in a Vulcan clinic. Rehabilitation. Can you blame me for running? I'm not a thief. I'm not a smuggler. I never was. I worked with smugglers. I worked very close with them for a long time. It's what I had been trained to do. Do you know how I've survived? The last 20 years, how I fed my family, I haul spent warp injector casings. Not a very popular occupation, but a necessary one. He's pretty convincing, Dr. really, Juan when Andoria you think about says it. says that my hemolytic cell count is over 3,000. You don't find too many old men hauling spent injector casings. Uh, my left front pocket, if you don't mind. I wouldn't. It may be a weapon. It's a hologram of my family. It won't hurt you. So Travis uh, is going over to reach in his pocket here, and Archer is okay with it, so... 
it's just a little uh, device, electronic device, and clicks it on. There's like a wife, looks like two little girls there that he seems uh, to like the to see. The injector casings are going to take me away from them soon enough. I don't want to die in a Vulcan prison. The information that I was given says that you buy high-grade biotoxins and sell them to anyone who will meet your price. If all of the Ministry's reports about me were true, I could easily shapeshift and slip out of these restraints or sprout wings and fly to my ship. Why should she believe a fugitive and not her own government? Because her government sent 109 agents to Agaron 30 years ago, and they want all 109 accounted for. Right or wrong, dead or alive. If you're innocent, I'm sure you'll be given a chance to defend yourself. Well, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not returning when I was told to. I'm innocent of selling biotoxins, but I'm guilty of being a fugitive. But I don't deserve to go to prison, and I don't deserve to be shot. We're here to take you to Vulcan. No one's going to shoot you. What about her? The, uh, the jungle scene here that you're seeing, there's actually... You're a liar. T'Pol pulls out a knife. T'Pol! He's not telling the truth. She's pulling off uh, some straps off of his uh, clothing and then wraps them around her Where shoes. Where the hell are you going? To Paul. He says he has a ship full of injector casings. But the platform's covered with acid. So she wrapped her shoes with these uh, sort of rope things, straps, and... Uh, scene where they keep flashing back to the jungle she's actually chasing it what's important she's chasing two two men one of them is minos and someone else and that has not really been mentioned yet to uh, to anyone else to archer or anyone she's at his ship she got in there in the cargo hold she's now prying open some uh and it looks like what the guy described is being true. There are these metal casings in all these containers here. Not, not the uh, the drugs that she's been told about. Some of the flashback scenes also show her being sort of uh, attacked by someone too, having her on the ground. Basically, it looks like this guy's story is checking out. All she's finding are all these injector casings in these crates in this guy's ship, so. You're uh, sure. There's no record of them ever having spoken, but I can't be certain. Has he ever been to Earth? If he has, the Vulcan database doesn't mention it. Well, I hope they haven't put Starfleet yearbook photos into that database. Trips, oh, Trips put an extra little command pin, one more pin, Pip, on his shoulder there, so he has a rank of captain now uh, on the bridge of the Enterprise. Still got his engineering uniform on, though, captain which is Tavik. kind of interesting. Is there something I can do for you? Captain Archer. Yes? Is 
there a problem? You seem very young for a Starfleet captain. Healthy living. You have a message from Admiral Forrest. I'm not certain what this means, but the Admiral asked me to inform you that Cal beats Stanford seven to three. I'll be sure to tell him. Tell who? Um, I'm afraid it's confidential. Thank you for relaying the message. Archer out. think that the Vulcans would know Archer, you know, more than that, but, uh, you know, especially since they've just started to form relations with them. too smart, you could have been hurt. What did you find? Spent injector casings. We'll have to go through decon when we get back. I want to speak to Manos alone. Manos. I keep saying Minos or Main Manos is what his name is. M E N O S. Come on, Travis. Manos. Let's see if we can find something to eat. Yeah, there's definitely more going on here than uh, she has let on, and she's also being a little bit manipulated. She thinks. And she's starting to wonder what, you know, what the real truth is. I like uh, uh, Jolene uh, Blaylock's acting in this episode a lot. Who she just Jocelyn? has these little bit of subtle emotions that show up on her face. Who is Jocelyn? If this is your idea of humor. Tell me who he is. She pulls out her face pistol and points Justin it. Justin was no different than me. Points it at Minos, Minos. He didn't want to be Bruce rehabilitated either. Now Why she's she's flashing Maybe. back. On Riser. Justin and I were on Riser in the tropical zone. We were innocent of the crimes the Ministry had accused us of, but we were running all the same. Yeah, this guy falls down on the ground. This other one that was with Manos. tell you things you already know? You were telling me lies. No, the truth. I followed you to Riza. No one else. I bribed the Tellarite transport captain who brought you there. He told me exactly where to find you. I wasn't looking for anyone else. And why are you asking me about Johnson? He never hurt anyone. He didn't deserve to be hunted down like an animal. Now, Johnson, when he's on the I ground, he's... Yes. And he didn't deserve to be killed. He was an innocent man, just like I am. Kill him. He never would have hurt you. Stop talking. You're a Vulcan. You're trained to repress the emotion of killing, not the memory of the act. I said stop talking! Look what it's done to you, taking an innocent life. 
Bringing me back to Vulcan will be no different. You'll be destroying another life. How will that affect you? Will you conveniently forget what you're about to do to me? T'Pol is all confused now. She's sort of backing away from... Get back over there. Back, sir. She keeps flashing back to this scene where she's being held down by these, like, looks like Vulcan priests or something like that, or maybe part of her training as an operative. What happened? Now they stepped outside Archer and T'Pol. Seven. seven what? I was sent to bring back seven fugitives, not six. I don't understand. It's seven, not six. Minos had a partner. Or a friend. I'm not sure. His name was Jocelyn. I followed them both to Ryza. Not just Minos. The day I told you I saw Minos. See, they keep changing the way they say it. I saw Jocelyn as well. They tried to escape. Jocelyn fell to the ground. He began to reach for his weapon. But you fired first? I had forgotten all of it until today. How? Have you heard of the Fu'ara? No. It's an obsolete Vulcan ritual where the memory of an event is repressed along with the emotions associated with it. And you had this... Fulara. This Fulara ritual performed? When I returned to Vulcan, I was... unsettled. I resigned my position with the Ministry and sought guidance at the Sanctuary of Pajam. For months, one of the Elders worked with me to control the guilt. To... restrain the despair of having taken a Feelings remain. Why would you feel guilty if this Jocelyn was about to fire at you? I suppose I was never certain what his intentions were. The Elder had no choice but to perform the ritual. When I left the sanctuary, I didn't remember anything about Jocelyn or the Falara. When did it start coming back? When the first call came in about this new mission. Maybe that's why I wanted you with me. What if Jocelyn wasn't a smuggler? What if he was innocent? Then it wouldn't have mattered whether he intended to use that weapon or not. That doesn't make any sense. What's Manos been telling you? Manos's ship was filled with injector casings, nothing else. He has a family. Our scans should be able to confirm if he's dying of radiation poisoning. What's he been telling you? And now there's a big struggle going on in the bar, obviously. And a fire. He kicked over the table. And you claim you're a peaceful man. Ironic, isn't it? Burning to death on a frozen moon. But I'd rather die here than be brought back and punished for crimes I never committed. So she runs over through the fire. 
and a, and a big kind of uh, beam fell down. Manos gets away. Paul's kind of on the ground. The archer goes over and Travis to help her up. Where's the ship? Your mission is to return him to Vulcan, not determine whether he's guilty or innocent. Where's the ship? So they race off to uh, to try to catch up with them. But there's a bunch of ships now they're taking off from this little pad here. As this place burns down, the uh, the bar club place. He's not aboard. Let's be sure. Now they're out searching his uh, cargo hold area. We'll all need to go through decon now. He's not here. Was that the only way in? Go back to the cockpit, Travis. Aye, sir. Get life support fired up if you can. It's pretty cold. He should have gotten here before us. The ship shouldn't be here. Why risk using his own vessel? He'd know we'd follow him. So he could have left with any one of those other ships? Any one of them. You seem okay with that. When we return to Enterprise, I'll inform the Vulcan ship that Minos escaped. If the High Command wishes, they can question as many of the vessels that left here as they can find. You're giving up a lot easier than I would have guessed. He's obviously gone. We don't know that. He got to you, didn't he? You're beginning to doubt yourself. He figured if he could get you to question what you did 17 years ago, you'd begin to question what you're doing right now. I may have killed an innocent man 17 years ago. Did Jocelyn reach for his weapon or not? I don't know. Is that what you remember? What Manos wants you to remember? What's the difference? There's a big difference. He's playing on your guilt. Don't you see that? That's impossible. I went to Prigem. They performed the don't ritual. Don't give me that. Your emotional immune system started to collapse again the minute you remembered what happened that day on Ryza. Captain. What is it, Travis? There's something funny up here, sir. Think you could take a look? You wanna... something funny? What's up? After I got the board running, I brought life support up to level three. As soon as I got more light in here, I noticed some condensation on this sub-panel. There's a hell of a lot of energy flowing through those circuits. Any idea what they are? Our scanner showed everything powered down. Well, obviously something's powered up. There's one way to find out what it is. I'm a very patient man, Paul. I was simply waiting for you to leave, but the captain's curiosity has put an end to that. Would you please lower your weapon? There was a sort of a hollow uh, emitter here that made it look like a wall, but he was hiding behind it. Some kind of energy field running. And now Manos Paul, has a weapon on to Paul. Those are violent words for a peaceful man. At the moment, I'm a man who needs to survive. 
There's a locker right next to you. I want you to both put your weapons down and then walk into it. You won't be hurt. What about her? Paul is my guarantee that the two of you will walk quickly and quietly into the locker. Please. So Travis and uh, Archer put their weapons down, move over towards the locker. The locking code is 1661. There's a very specific tone when it's entered properly. And they jump out, push Paul okay. to the ground. Yes. Now there's a firefight. We quickly and quietly very well, but we are good at arithmetic. Seems there's three of us and only one of you. Stop! Please! So Manos puts his weapon down, and puts his hands up. Travis. Find something to tie him up with. Hi, sir. What are you doing? He dropped down through a, a hatch that he had. He had a secret, like, trap door on his ship. Stop! And now they're outside here. You're not going to shoot me, Tapal. You're not going to kill another innocent man. This is none of your concern, Captain. You know nothing about what happened on Ryza. Yeah, those weapons don't always have Captain. to kill. Why did you want me here? Because I trust you. Then trust me. You were sent to apprehend him, not to judge him. So she stunned him. Too quickly. I think I know why he was so nervous about us firing at him while he was over here. Look at this. And now they find something else besides engine or impulse casings or whatever they were. Biotoxins. If one of our weapons had struck this. I guess he was hauling more than injector casings after all. Ah, that's what they were. Injector casings, yes. I guess he was. So he's a bad guy. See, to Paul, everything's good. Captain Starlog, supplement. The Vulcan ship Niran was waiting at the prearranged coordinates. After transferring Menos to their custody, we've returned to Enterprise. What's your status, Trip? Everything's ready to go, Captain. Welcome back. Thanks. We'll be going to warp three. You got it. Um. Now that your secret mission is over, you think you could give your chief engineer a little hint about what you're up to? Did I say warp three? I meant warp four, Commander. Not even a hint. <laughs> warp four. Bye, Captain. Come in. 
So, Commander, am I about to get another call from Admiral Forrest? <laughs> no, sir. Sorry. Dealing with these memories, it's not going to be easy for you, is it? No, it's not. If you feel you need a leave of absence... That won't be necessary. I was much younger then. You've also spent a lot of time around humans lately. You do have a way of putting questionable actions behind you. When you don't have the ability to repress emotions, you learn to deal with them and move on. Was there something else? If you ever need someone you can trust. I won't forget. Yeah, and like I, uh, that's the episode. Uh, like I said earlier, this, you know, one of the things I think that's important in this one is, well, there's a few things. One is there's a, a much greater bond of trust and respect, I think, between T'Pol and Archer here. And that just continues throughout the series. I, I like the relationship that the two of them have. It's one of my favorite parts of Enterprise. The other thing that I think that slowly starts to happen on this, in this episode and other times during the series, is that T'Pol starts to learn more and more that, that humans and emotions is is maybe not necessarily the worst thing in the world and that you can learn things from that and that maybe humans have a few things that they have going for them better in a way than even Vulcans. You know, we we goof up, we mess up, and then we just kind of, like they said at the end there, that, you know, we move on rather than just trying to repress everything. You know, although there are people out there that I think that try to do that. You know, you just try to you know, don't deal with it, don't face it, and, and just, it, it can eat you up, so uh, I'm just good about podcasting, inventing everything I think and feel each week. <laughs> that gets me uh, through the days and uh, and allows me to uh, just be uh, be okay with things. Not that I hunted people down on other planets and shot them when they were trying to go for their weapon, but anyway. So that's the seventh uh, from season two of Enterprise. Again, I think a solid episode, not maybe the greatest or the most amazing or anything like that, but I, I enjoy it. I like things that involve character and, you know, doubting yourself and then maybe finding out that uh, maybe what you were doing wasn't such a bad thing after all and that you were okay with it. Although, you know, it might have been interesting if he was really an okay guy and they never found those, you know, bioweapon things at the end that they still left it sort of up up in the air a little bit more. You know, it's certainly probably easier for T'Pol to deal with it if she realizes and finds out this guy is really what Vulcan seems to think he is and, and, and is doing bad things out there and that they want to bring him back to Vulcan to face trial, end up in prison, and, and so forth. So anyway, that's this episode. Uh, we've got a little treat for you right now. We've got uh, uh, some comments from Rick Moyer. He's been doing some very cool uh, Star Trek stuff lately, and he's got a new song for us. So I'm going to play that next here on Treks in Sci-Fi, and I will be back just after uh, Rick's uh, comments and, and, and musical interlude, and we'll wrap up today's podcast. Hi there, Rico. This is Rick Moyer, Moyer777 from the forums. Just uh, doing a little 
quick report for you, and I have a new parody song that I would I thought I would play for everyone. It'll be a lot of fun. I wanted to let everybody know that I just got back from doing my very first Star Trek concert. Actually, I was asked by the Washington State Farm Bureau, who had a president that was a Trekkie that was retiring after 17 years. I was asked by them to come to their convention in Yakima, Washington, and be the entertainment on Thursday morning at the last session in their in their convention. Uh, the goal was to honor the outgoing president um, with uh, some Trek type of stuff because he's a real Trekkie. And that's exactly what I did. I put together a, a program that consisted of six different Trek songs. Uh, well, kind of some of them were Trek, some of them weren't. But um, I did the Trek songs. I, uh, my set list was I started off with uh, We Will Spock You and Nathan, my son, as most of you know him, Four Lights on the forum, he um, produced the We Will Spock You video that I sang to while I uh, played the video on the big screens, which was a lot of fun. And uh, then I went into um, my brand new single that I have out on iTunes, if you want to download it. Um, You've heard a version of it before called I Want to Be a Robot Gunslinger Cowboy. Well, I I did a brand new version, recorded it fresh with new vocals and, and new instruments, uh, in the in the new studio that I have, and it sounds really nice. So I put it out on iTunes, and I played it at the at the concert uh, live, and they really liked that one. That was a lot of fun. Uh, then I went into, of course, the classic Starfleet uniforms, and talked about Starfleet uniforms, and sang the song, uh, sitting on a stool, got intimate with the audience, you know, and that was quite fun. They a lot of them just kind of stared at me because they didn't know what I was singing about. And that was fun. Then I, I did a, a fun song uh, that I'm going to play for you today with different lyrics than I sang there. I actually wrote um, a parody of John Denver's Thank God I'm a Country Boy and made it Thank God I'm a Star Trek Boy. But I actually used um, uh, different situations in the outgoing president's life, so it made more sense to him. I rewrote it um, this morning and re-recorded it with the new lyrics that everybody, it's generic and I think everybody's really going to enjoy it, put sound effects in it and, and movie or Star Trek clips and stuff in it. I think you'll really get a kick out of that coming up. Then we did a, a, a really fun classic, uh, Here Comes Enterprise from the Merry Trekmas um, uh, CD. And what was really cool is the pl- the place that I came in actually had a bunch of uh, Trekmas, um, Merry Trekmas CDs reproduced for me um, at their expense, and I was able to give them away for free because of the copyright issues and everything. So I gave over 100 uh, Merry Trekmas CDs away for free. I've got about 20 or so left. If, if you don't have one and you want one, if you pay shipping, I'll send you the, the CD for free. Just send me your address. At um, uh, you can get a hold of me at rick at takehimwithyou.com and I'll send you a Merry Trekmas CD if you don't have one. Of course, it's free. You can download it off the internet too over at uh, christrocks.com slash Trekmas. And that's always a classic, fun holiday thing and you guys were the inspiration for that. So enjoy that that project. So we did that with a big video too and that was cool. You can find that on my YouTube channel. Uh, you can watch the uh, Here Comes Enterprise one. It's hilarious. Captain Kirk is animated, and he sings with my voice. It's hilarious. Nathan did a great job on that video. And then I rounded out the the show by singing um, Have Yourself a Hairy Little Creature, and I presented a tribble to the president right on the stage and sang to him along with a big fancy video. The video I'm going to release to um, Have Yourself a Hairy Little Creature will be coming out 
uh, in the middle of December. So look for that. I'll have that up and I'll post it on the forum too. So without any further ado, uh, thanks for listening to my report. It was fun. They enjoyed it. I had a, a fun audience. They, they, you know, some of them didn't have any idea what I was talking about. It was early in the morning. But hey, man, we rocked the house and it, it was a lot of fun. Had a good time entertaining them and, uh, and made a little money on the, on the side doing the, the, the speaking part too, which was fun. So there's my report from the convention and from my, my first Star Trek uh, concert. And I want to say thank you to everybody for your inspiration and your support for, for listening to, to the Trek music that I've been doing. You guys are awesome and always very encouraging. So here you go. Without any further ado, here it is, the brand new parody song. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Thanks, Rico. I'll see you next week. Space, the final frontier. Well, life as a geek is kind of laid back. Ain't nothing like an OS that I can't hack. I actually know the difference between PC and Mac. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, every time it's on, I can't help myself. I set the DVR even though they're on my shelf. I've seen them all many times. They're good for my health. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, I got me a phaser. Got me a triple when Kirk's on the tube. I just have to giggle. Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, the vote's still out for Picard or Kirk. They both have their strong points. It all kind of work. One likes to talk and the other's just a jerk. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, the Enterprise D looks like a lot of fun. The classic is old, 1701. Both had torpedoes and a phaser gun. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Well, I got me a phaser. Got me a triple and Kirk's on the tube. I just have to giggle. Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Mr. Data, warp speed, please. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. Chocolate is a serious thing. Greed is the purest, most noble of emotions. Make it so. Well, there's TOS, TNG, DS9, and Voyager, you see. Enterprise and the cartoon series. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Too bold to go where no one's gone before Going on adventures, strange new worlds and more I love every hour, I'm a Trekkie to the core Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy Well I got me a phaser, got me a triple And turns on the tube, I just have to giggle Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy Leave me aboard. Energize. Energize. Yeah, the movies are good. The even one's the best. I watch them all because I like the rest. Every single one puts the crew to the test. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. Now spending all my money on merchandise. I bought another collectible against my wife's advice. But seriously, to me, it's worth the price. Thank God I'm a Star Trek boy. I got me a phaser, got me a triple when Kirk's on the tube. I just have to giggle. Life ain't nothing but a space opera riddle. Woo! Thank God, I'm a Star Trek boy. Interface complete. Beam me up, Scotty. I can't get no power, Captain. Ahead, Warp Factor 4.
Don't forget to visit StarTrekParodies.com. Oh, Rick. That's just one of your best. I, I love that song. I, and I'm not a big country fan, really, but it's just, it works so well. Great uh, with lyrics and, and and just, again, fantastic work. I, so much. Uh, you had so much each time you do that. Oh, and, and it's very cool, your Star Trek uh, concert for that guy. You know, I loved hearing about that, and I, I'm sure other people did, too, as well. So thanks for sharing your uh your comments and, and thoughts about how that went and everything that you did for it. I know you've been working on it a lot, and I, I know how much time and and uh, work you put into what you do. So thanks again for that, and uh, make sure you check out Rick's sites and podcasts taken with you and StarTrekParodies.com and, and just all kinds of cool stuff he's got going on over uh, in uh, the land of Moyer Multimedia. So uh, make sure you check out his stuff very soon. All right, that's it uh, for this week's Treks in Sci-Fi. I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, not uh, No collectibles to really mention lately. It's been kind of quiet on that front for me. I really want to get going on, on doing my uh, Farnsworth, uh, collecting more parts for it and putting that together. Maybe over the holidays. I should have a little extra time. But next week, we are going to be looking at the TV series Roswell. So if you're a fan of that show, please send in a comment, treksf at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. I know some of the people on the forums are fans. And if you want to join the forum also, just shoot me an email and I'll set you up. Just tell me your, shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com. And I will set you up. Just send me uh, the username uh, that you'd like or the handle, whatever you want to call it, for the forum. I've kept it uh, closed off. We were just getting way too many flood of of not really uh, fans that wanted to join the forum, just spam bots and things. So uh, these days, just send me an email, and I will set you up for our forum access. And reviews on iTunes are great. And if you want to send a donation in, you can just do that via PayPal. Uh, just the same email address, use treksf at gmail.com. Hey, even if uh, you've got a website or something that you might need some work or help with or, or hosting, uh, I can help you out with that, too, over at radvisions.com. I'm doing, actually, a new website uh, this week and working on that and getting going for a place, uh, a nursery place called, I think it's, the URL is bettingplantsplusinc.com. Kind of a long URL, but that was what they wanted. So you can check out some of my work over there and or at radvisions.com. So I think that should uh, wrap it up. In two weeks, we're going to be talking to Mike Martin about his Star Trek novel, uh, uh, To Brave uh, the Storm. So that should be a lot of fun. Everyone, I won't talk to you again. So, hey, gobble, gobble. Have a great Thanksgiving to my U.S. buddies. Uh, Eat lots of turkey. Get that tryptophan in your bloodstream and and rock out to Rick Moyer's tryptophan song. (laughs) You can find that, I think, on his site as well. So that's all. Everyone, take care. I'm out of here, and I will talk to you again soon. Stay warm. It's starting to get cold out there. Starting to look a lot like Christmas. And I think uh, we'll wait one more week. I'm going to start playing uh, some of uh, Rick Moyer's, like he mentioned during his comments, Trek Miss music uh, at the end of the podcast. But we're going to give it one more week. I can't quite do that until after Thanksgiving. So we'll do that in a week's time here on Treks in Sci-Fi. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. It's been long. Absolutely not. (laughs) We're not doing it. We're not singing the song again. No.
This has been a Rick Dosty Podcast production.